Welcome back to another episode of Authentic Influence. I'm your host, Adam Connor. It's so great to have you back listening in to another great company becoming more authentic through mobilizing its masses. And if you're a first-time listener, welcome to this community. This is a podcast that happens twice a week, and it goes into how some of the most interesting and innovative companies out there are, well, doing what I just said, mobilizing their masses, letting those experiences and true opinions about a brand shine to make that brand more authentic within the market today. And today, we have a brand that will make you feel right at home. I'm on with Resident, and specifically their chief marketing officer, Gil Efrati. We tackle all the different ways in which Resident is attempting to become the world leader in direct-to-consumer home furnishings, and how they are using the stories of the consumers that they have to help them get there. You may be familiar with some of their products already. One of their most prolific is called Nectar Sleep. It's a mattress brand. Of course, we know the direct-to-consumer mattresses have really taken off and have over the last five or six years. But Resident's doing much, much more than that. And I have Gil here to let you know all about it. So I'm actually going to back up for now and just let him tell you the story. Also really interesting how he began working and where he came from. Came from one of the biggest companies out there in Google to become the CMO of this at the time startup, which is now a rocket ship. So really hope you enjoy that trajectory as well as all the things that Resident is doing. And now I'll back away. So without further ado, this is from Resident. Gil Ifrati. All right, everybody. I have got today from Resident Home, Gil Ifrati. Gil, thanks so much for joining the show today. How are you doing? Hi, Adam. How are you doing? Thanks for having me. Of course. It's great to, to be in touch with you and to learn all about what you're doing with uh, Resident's family of brands. And I want to start off for people who might not know what Resident Home is, but probably knows one of their brands. Could you just briefly describe the family of brands that Resident oversees today? Yeah, of course. So Resident is essentially a house of digitally native brands uh, in the home goods space. So the company started off three years ago, really at late of 2016, uh, with a, a single mattress brand called Nectar. It's a, an affordable memory foam mattress. Um, and then over time, we've both expanded our uh mattress category products as well as we've expanded into the home we didn't start off as resident we actually rebranded to the name resident um early this year uh, because of our ambition to go into the home we felt it was more reflective of of our mission as a company got it so now the the new the the newly minted uh resident move, moves on and i'm curious what's uh What's new? What's 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 getting you out of bed today? I mean, I want I'll actually I want to learn about your journey to this point. I mean, what about what about the organization got you excited to join from Google? Pretty impressive start there. A pretty impressive place to come from. What about Resident really struck you? Yeah, so um, I think it, it would be interesting also to give some some background about about the company because the, the company is essentially is a rocket ship, which is what what I liked and what was really enticing for me to. To join and you know a company that was founded by three Bay Area founders uh, in late 2016 in its first year of operations already did about 40 million dollars in revenue and then um, in the second year of operations shot up to 200 and close to 250 million dollars in revenue which turned us into we were named by internet retailer the fastest growing e-commerce company in North America for 2018 um, 
And at that point, I was uh, working at Google. I spent seven years at Google managing a variety of sales teams, working with a lot of e-commerce advertisers, top e-commerce advertisers with you know hundreds of millions or, or billions of dollars in annual revenue. Um, and I worked with, with a fair share of CEOs and, and CMOs, helping them with their, with their own strategy. And then, um, you know, our, our three founders came to me and said, okay, Gil, we're essentially, we're tired of you telling us what to do all the time. Why don't you just come in and, and do it? Practice what you preach. Um, and that was a great opportunity for me because we're, you know, our founders keep saying, we're not necessarily a mattress company. We're a marketing and data company. And that, that, that is my playground. So I, I felt like this is like the, the best fit that I could ask for in, in such a company. Um, and I was working with these guys and the, the entire amazing marketing team that we have for a while before I got the offer to join. So I knew what I was getting into. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting. You worked externally. They brought you internally to lead the charge. Um, do did the way that you approached the team or the business? I mean, it necessarily will change as you become sort of internal versus external. But how does that change? I've never I've never experienced that, but I know plenty of people have, and 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 I hear about it a lot going from like an agency to a brand or stuff like that. Uh, what was that change like for you? And I'm anticipating it might not have been too much of a change at all, but I don't ask this question often because it, I don't get it often. But I'm curious how. How did it work for you? Yeah, I, I can tell you that it was a, a crazy change for me. Like when, when people ask me, oh, wow, you like really good if you left Google after seven years for, for that. And, you know, it is. But when people ask me, so how, what was it like? Um, and I said, moving from Google to, to resident was like moving from summer camp to boot camp. Um, at Google, you're you're pampered. You know, you work as, as much as as much as you want, right? You but but there's nothing. The sky won't fall if you're taking a break. Um, and then I moved to Resin, when, where everything is fast paced, right? You don't become fastest growing e-commerce company in North America without being fast paced, without constantly moving things around. Um, well, I did, I did know that the team members and, and our amazing team of marketers and the founders, um, I had to learn a lot. And I made, uh, you know, I made my fair share of mistakes coming in. Because at Google, you have one point of view of a business, but only when you actually get in and understand the business from its guts, then you really um, get an understanding of everything that you don't know and what you need to learn. So... It was a, both a humbling experience, but also probably the the best thing I could have done for my career. Interesting. So a big change. That's actually, I suppose that I was assuming it would have been a little change just because of the people that you work with, not necessarily the environment that you work within based on that. Yes, if, if one person takes a break, not much is going to change. Whereas I'm sure with Resident, the story is much, much different. Okay. So let's follow this narrative a little bit. You come in. Sure, it's a big change. A couple of mistakes. I'm interested. I mean, these aren't like big mistakes, though. Like, what, what, do you, what do you mean when you say you made a couple of mistakes? Uh, well, um, I think the, the biggest mistake I can I can talk about is, um, you know, I came in uh, after working with 
a wide variety of e-commerce companies during my, my time at Google. And I felt like I have an understanding of what works and what doesn't for the different e-commerce companies, what's the right structure for an e-commerce company, uh, what different stakeholders and what key roles you need to fill, uh, what's, what's the playbook? Um, and, you know, I built a team, I inserted a lot of processes into the team and how we operate, and then uh, our founders came to me and, you know, very honestly said, look, we, we like the structure, we like what, you, what you're building over here, but you're slowing us down. Um, and I was like, oh, wow, I just realized that, yeah, I did slow the entire company down because we're a marketing company and everything that I do kind of impacts how fast we move. And when you insert a, introduce a lot of process into, into a company, then it slows you down. Uh, and, and, and I'm not talking about the, the this I think would, is the, I think the biggest mistake that, that I made, and it's, it's all about how fast you pivot and how fast you correct those mistakes. And of course there are the, the, the small mistakes, uh, which I'm fortunate enough to work with a team that allows me to make those mistakes. Like, I mean, we spend a hundred million dollars a year on marketing which is a lot. It's, it's a big pie to, 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 to spread across different, uh, different channels. And you, you try a lot of things. And a lot of the things I can say were just, you know, a lot of the channels that I chose, a lot of the, the ways I executed things were not the, the right things. But I was fortunate enough to, one, learn from the mistakes and two, get the credit that I can make those mistakes and, uh, you know, keep my job. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yeah, really. Yeah. Got it. Okay. So then you came into the, the helm of resident, not, not only as, as somebody with, with a lot of experience, but, uh, you come into this fast paced environment that is, has a considerable marketing budget. It sounds, uh, when compared to, to its revenue. So I'm wondering then you have all of these different channels, but you seemed to be focused in basically how people should be advertising with Google beforehand so what new disciplines like what was the newest discipline that was the the most difficult to pick up like in terms of other ways of marketing that um that the company was doing that you had to learn yeah i think um you know we're we're a very big advertiser at both uh facebook and google um and of course we spend some money on youtube and work with a lot of affiliates i was fortunate that during my time at google i got one i was privy to how other companies also manage their Facebook spend. And I was, you know, running just for fun, a few like Facebook campaigns. So I, I knew the platforms, but you never understand them very intimately. Um, as when you, for example, spend $30 million a year on the platform. Um, so um, I think, you know, coming from Google after seven years, <laughs> Google was my, my playground and you know, my expertise and I had to learn um, direct mail, TV advertising, linear TV, um, different types of video networks. Basically, we we try to utilize every marketing channel known to men or women. Um, so we just, you know, I had to learn a lot, uh, <laughs> basically. And that we, we have a team of experts that taught me whatever I needed, uh, needed to know. So, yeah. Got it. Well, then let's talk about this social uh program that that you had put together uh the portfolio of uh of advertising what portion or, or like maybe 
maybe outside of advertising for a second, what have been some of the ways that uh, that you and that resident broadly or, or any of the individual brands within it uh, have been able to uh, create and sustain a community of the customers that purchase? Um, because I have to imagine that, of course, advertising by itself is an effective way of acquiring customers. But as I'm sure you can agree with quickly, um, word of mouth and customers enticing others to to action is also incredibly strong. I'm curious where uh, resident uh, takes advantage of that or, well, I'll talk about that in a second. So let's start with this. How are the brands and you as the leader creating and sustaining these communities of people who are enjoying residents' products every day? Yeah, so I think it starts with building a, a brand persona, especially when you manage a, a house of brands, right? Because if all the brands are the same, and you're using this cookie cutter mold, then it wouldn't it won't resonate with consumers, right? Because you know everything is the same, especially when you're selling essentially a utility product, which is a mattress. Um, so you need to be able to communicate to the consumer what is the difference, both the the actual physical difference in the product, because that is why we have a house of brands. We we wanted every every product to be on its own pedestal and have its own story and also stand on it in its own two legs. Um, so for example, if you, we have different types of mattresses, so every type of mattress, a, a memory foam, a hybrid, an organic latex, all of them have their own brand and their own story. Um, and it's all about building that story. So you start with the, you know, you have the, the basic brand element, like a brand book and design systems and, and stuff like that. But there's, then there's the, the brand persona. Um, and so for example, Nectar is the brand that being the more affordable brand on our portfolio. Um, and I would say the more um, instigator brand because we, we came into the market after Casper was the market leader and Purple was uh, right, right behind them. Um, so we, we had to do something different. So Nectar is the brand that one doesn't take itself seriously. If you look at our ad um, from a year ago, which I started actually working on when I was still at Google on, the, on the, the vendor side, so to speak, and then I finished working on it when I was already on the client side. So that video makes fun of, you know, different politics and different types of stories. It, it's like a two and a half minute video that just, you know, cracks you up and still gives you the message about what Nectar is all about, that it's a brand that doesn't take itself seriously, it cares about your sleep. And you know that, that video really resonated with consumers. It has over, I think, 15 million views. It won a Webby Award uh, in collaboration with YouTube for YouTube's Ad of the Year. Um, so we were very happy with that. You could, I, I can tell you that our team constantly refreshed the, the video page on YouTube and just every time we, we just saw authentic comments that we were super proud of. We shared them on Slack for the entire company. Like, this is the best ad I've ever seen. I always keep ads. Uh, and like people were really, you could tell that they watched the ad. They would, you know, tag a specific portion that was like two, two minutes into the video. Um, so I think that's, that's one thing. And then the, the Nectar brand evolved into essentially a recent campaign um, is is around the story of what we want to own. And if you think about 
the, the mattress or the bed in a box landscape or mattresses in general, all of us are trying to sell good sleep, right? That is what, what a mattress needs to sell. You, you buy the mattress, you sleep better. Um, but we, we kind of tried to take it on a different approach and we want to be, we want to represent the unhustle. Right today, everybody's like hustling to wake up earlier, get more stuff done, work harder, play harder, um, and we just say nectar is all about unhustling. Stay at home, go to sleep, don't don't overwork. Um, and we our, our recent campaign of awaken great sleep is all about that. We have a motivational sleeper called Jan Jansen, um, and he's like a Tony Robbins type of character that just motivates you to go to sleep. And that also was a, was a big success for us um, when it comes to customer, consumer reactions and overall uh, performance. Does that Got answer it. the question? Well, it certainly tells me like what sentiment is to the advertising that you are doing. So it sounds like you have struck a note with folks who are looking for something different within that niche of industry, but also people who are... Uh, looking for a fresh take regardless. That is from uh, the advertising perspective. I'm curious though too, so that answers part of it for sure. Is there a layer or are, is, is, are there plans to be layers eventually to weave actual customer stories into the message? Yeah, so actually I'll give you another example. So DreamCloud, which is a more upscale mattress, which is a hybrid mattress, so it, it, it has both springs and memory foam, our recent Facebook campaign is we invited past customers or just our social following to um, come up with different dreams that they've had um, that uh, we can bring to life with ads. So we've had, for example, someone who dreamt that he was going with his dog to space. And we actually animated those dreams. We, we picked out four dreams and we animated them. And we posted them on on Facebook and on Instagram, and you know we, you can you can check it out on on the Dream Club page, and that is like a, a clear example of how we we leverage. Normally, we leverage customer feedback towards our physical product roadmap and things that we need to do better. We we take a lot of pride in um, how we how much we listen to our customers. We actually listen to our customers. We have are a very large customer success team that is, all of it is based in the US and works uh, relatively long hours compared to the industry. We also have uh, different um, mediums where you can reach us 24 seven. Um, and we, we take a lot of pride in, in us listening to, actually listening to our customers. And for example, when we try to decide which new brands to open, we just go and ask our customers, what else would you like to buy from us? What else would you buy from us? Um, and that is how we built our physical product roadmap. But the DreamCloud example is an example of how we leveraged our actual customer dreams into our advertising and marketing. Got it. Okay. that That's interesting too. I always like to hear those stories of how, you know, real consumer stories are being woven in and certainly in a creative way like that. That's, that's nice to hear. I want, I'm curious then, uh, because it sounds like there are a couple of examples on, on both sides here, uh, where where the future is going for for Nectar or any of these brands under the resident umbrella, um, you have been you know part of the organization now 
um, since 2018. Is that right? Since the just uh, third yeah, quarter 2018. I, so, yeah. yep. So I'm curious now, you've been there for over a year. For the next few years, what would you like to see resident do broadly? Yeah, I think from a business perspective, first, our, our bread and butter is mattresses. And we want to be the number one player in this space. Um, this, this also entails a lot of physical Thor presence, brick and mortar presence, and we're already available for purchase at over 1,500 stores across the U.S. We're essentially in every state except for Hawaii, and Hawaii, we are coming to you guys as well very soon. Um, and of course, that will be our bread and butter. Um, in addition to that, we, because we see ourselves as a marketing and data company, we understand that after talking to our customers, we understand that they want to buy other things from us. If we if we had that array of, of products, as long as we can maintain the same value propositions and the same quality of service. So we would definitely, our, our mission is to, essentially our company's mission is to build inspiring products that make people love coming home. And I think that that mission just tells a story, right? We want you to be, we want to be the one-stop shop for everybody uh, when they buy home goods. Furniture, high-ticket items, low-ticket items, essentially everything for the home. Got it. So to become that all-encompassing place to go. Interesting stuff. Now, from from you personally, I would I'd like to to close with with a a note of uh, of advice from you because a lot of people who um, listen to this show they're certainly involved in marketing or they're interested in hearing about how brands do what they do. Now, I don't know how many of them are part of rocket ship organizations such as yours, especially during the time that you joined it. But regardless, they are themselves looking to build authentic brands, direct relationships with customers, incorporate their stories into the overall message. And you've noted a couple of examples on our podcast today about how to do that. But from a general advice perspective, for folks who are just getting started down that path or trying to make a splash in their own brands on that path, what advice would you give them on how to start? I think um, if you're trying to build a brand, it starts with it starts with a consumer, right? You want to build a relationship with a consumer, so it starts with a consumer. And one of the things that um, that we did uh, when the company was started, it essentially wasn't me; it's our it's our founders, is they kind of tried to reverse engineer everything from the consumer perspective. So, okay, we're going to sell mattresses. How do we rise above the noise? Right. What do consumers need? Um, it, so, so of course, every company offers like free shipping and returns, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. But we offer, for example, the, the longest trial period in the business. We offer you to, to take the mattress home for a year and then decide to return it and you, you, get, you get it back. Uh, you, you get the money back if you don't like it. And fortunately enough, people like it. Otherwise, we would be out of business. Um, so I think like... To, to keep it short, the things that you need to do to actually build relationships with the consumers is one, listen, actually listen, ask them questions, and you'd be surprised. They answer. They like to give feedback. Customers like to give feedback about what they want. And the other thing is when you don't have customer feedback, normally just go the path of least resistance. The simplest solution or the rational solution is how 99% of people behave. And if you take 10 consumers and ask, would this resonate with those 10 consumers? Then it would probably resonate with most consumers. 
and I think this is this is I think the best advice I can give. Well, great. It's great advice. Um, I appreciate I appreciate all that. It's it's really interesting to to see where resident will go to become that all encompassing home goods supplier. Uh, and for uh, all, all the, the the tips and tricks and the advice you just gave, as well as the stories that you gave, examples of of how resident is marketing to become more authentic. Uh, Gil, thank you so much for coming on the show today. It was a pleasure to have you. Thanks for having me, Adam. Thank you so much to Gil Ifradi from Resident for joining the podcast today. So great to hear about everything you're doing at Resident and best of luck going forward. If you love this podcast, a couple things you can do to stay in touch. We are really heavy on LinkedIn. So we have a LinkedIn page, first off, Authentic Influence Podcast, which I would encourage you go and give a follow because there, not only will we be posting every single episode when it goes live, but we'll also do things like clips and other little extras that you can have along the way. Of course, obviously, you should stay subscribed wherever you get your podcasts, whether that be iTunes or Google or Spotify, what have you, we're there. Finally, if you feel so inclined, feel free to reach out to me personally or leave us a rating and review. Let me know what you want to see more of out of this show and also let me know what you want to see less of. All of that criticism helps me going forward. I'll be back again on Thursday with another really exciting interview in the world of sports. I've got the NHL, so watch out for that. And in the meantime, for Authentic Influence, I've been your host, Adam Connor, and you'll hear from me again next time.